you are now in a situation where you've got to think about, okay, I've, I've had experience with something similar to this. What did I do in that situation? Well, A, B, and C. Okay, so this is kind of similar, maybe a little different, never really dealt with this before, but let me try those same steps because it kind of worked in the past and maybe it'll work here. That's what leaders have to do all the time, right? And by truly empowering someone and saying, you've got the autonomy to make that decision, you're teaching them to think. You're teaching them to use their judgment in whatever situation they're in. And if they do it wrong, it's a great opportunity then to coach. Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success. And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hey, Matt, I am fit. No, I'm just kidding. I'm doing really well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really well, but I'm also fantastic. (laughs) So question for you. All right. Um, Do you remember? Well, let me put it this way. Remember back when you were an operational manager or, you know, in charge of a team at a location, whether it was an amusement park or a theme park, and you were on your day off. Did you have people ever calling you with things that maybe they should be able to handle on their own and they didn't really need to call you? Well, first, it's quite an assumption that I would have a day off as an operations <laughs> manager. <laughs> Ten four. Um, but in those few and far between circumstances where I did, I there I'm sure there were probably instances that that came up here and there. I uh, yeah, and. Uh, and I'm sure that there were some of them that it was worthwhile to call Josh and some of them where I probably thought, why are you calling me? You should be able to handle this and the world will keep turning. Uh, but it's a fascinating conversation. What about you? Um, I have, you know, gotten those calls, uh, but I will say that I was in, in that position long before cell phones. So I think the new communication device, and I say new, even though cell phones have been around for a long time, um, but that that kind of access, I think, has has really opened up the amount of of calls that or texts that a manager might get when they're not on on site. And I think you know a lot of times they'll say, "Well, call me with with whatever, right? I want to be supportive. I want to be there for you. So call me with whatever you you need." But what then happens is on their off time, they're on vacation, they're getting those calls that maybe, you know, the team should be able to handle and they're not really able to take the time off and and not able to be able to enjoy the time with their family or friends or just being away from work. And part of the reason that this has come up, or at least I've been thinking about it, is because so many people are talking about work-life balance, work-life blend, mental health, right? And one of the burnout and one of the ways to combat mental health, you know, mental health, you know, 
breakdowns and and burnout is to be able to recharge and to be able to get away from your from your job and so if there is an opportunity to create a system to create a um a flow chart if you will of when you should be called and when you shouldn't then it's probably worth talking about and where this idea really started kind of kind of formulating in my mind was a couple of weeks ago because I was talking to a coaching client and she said, I'm really excited about going on vacation, mostly because I get to disconnect. And side story, I've had conversations with people who say, the only time I really get get to disconnect is when I don't have cell service. So mm-hmm. if I'm on a cruise ship, then I get to <laughs> I get to disconnect. And so my thought is, shouldn't we be able to in most cases, disconnect if our team is ready for that, we should be able to do that. And she said she's really excited about being able to disconnect because she knows her team will only contact her if it's a real emergency. And then, of course, where my mind goes is, is your definition of an emergency the same as your team's? Mm -hmm. So you may define an emergency as you know a guest injury or a team member injury or, um, you know, the media is on their way to your facility where your team members might define that as we're out of toilet paper. Right. And so there's, there's a vast difference between those two emergencies and when to call your manager, when to contact them, when to reach out. And so I started thinking about this thing called define your DEF CON. Okay. Now, do you remember, or did you see the movie war games? Yes. (laughs) I saw it a long time ago. I remember Matthew Broderick. Yes. And I remember a very big game of tic-tac-toe. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it was, an, it was a movie from the 80s. And yes, it started Matthew Broderick. But they talked about this, this term called DEFCON, which is how you define your, your nuclear threat. That's what they were talking about in that particular movie. So DEFCON 1 was, you know, we're, we're at, at the brink of war right? DEFCON 5 was, we're at peace and everything's good. And so I started thinking about, have we as managers defined our DEFCON? Have we defined when people should call us? What are those emergencies that they should call us? And maybe even looking at those tiers of incidents and emergency levels and what kind of communication we should should be um, asking for in those situations. So that's the that's the concept. A lot of that, you know, a lot of talking from from just thinking about uh, you know getting called on your day off. But wondering what you think about that particular concept. Well, first, I think that this episode is actually coming at a very timely moment because at the time that this airs, I'm in Turks and Caicos, and you're a couple of days from going from going to Ireland. So uh, we're probably thinking about our defcons and and our life as far as what happens during all certain certain uh, situations. I, the other thing I would I would point out too is I wonder if this is uh, predominantly an American problem with our our work culture our hustle culture uh, there was a tweet that I that I found in anticipation of this conversation it was from Samuel Pollan from April thirtieth twenty twenty one that said European out of offices I'm away camping for the summer email again in September. American out of offices. I have left the office for two hours to undergo kidney surgery, but you can reach me on my cell anytime. Sounds like this is perhaps falling into the conversation here when someone doesn't have 
a DEF CON strategy that they've communicated out to their team. The other thing that this reminds me of is, have you ever heard of or read the book, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss? Absolutely. I've read it. Yes. So as you know, uh, but for for our listeners, perhaps if you haven't read it, uh, it's not about working 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Monday. It is about really creating that work-life balance around lifestyle design. And the catalyst for writing the book was Tim was running his business and he was working 80 hours a week and making $40,000 a year. And he ultimately ended up going to $40,000 per month and four hours per week. And what happened was he was so caught up in running his business that he became so stressed, so overwhelmed, demands from employees, demands from customers, just threw him just over the edge. He shut down his computer. He said to his staff, he said, I'm I'm leaving. I don't remember the exact amount of time it was. It wasn't a, a too long of a time, but long enough that he was able to disconnect. And he just assumed that when he would come back, that his business would be completely in shambles and his business would be completely gone. And it turned out that it was actually able to thrive because while he was gone, his employees were able to really make the decisions that they hadn't been able to make before because Tim really controlled uh, every, every single aspect of the business without delegating. So there is benefits to, well, having this DEF CON structure, but also benefits to leaders disconnecting. It's there's There's our own personal benefits, our mental health. And the benefits to the business as well, because it really charges employees to take initiative to make decisions that perhaps they otherwise wouldn't have been able to make. So those are just a, a few initial thoughts as we, I would say, further dive into the conversation. Absolutely. We will peel back the onion on this one. But one of the other things that I, I want to kind of point out, and I think comes from, or is stems from that tweet that you you mentioned, right, is that so often... We get wrapped up in our business and our in our jobs so much that it becomes our kind of our identity, right? And our mm-hmm. self-worth. And I know I'm guilty of that, right? So what does that mean? That means that if we step away, if we are putting someone else in charge, then are we as valuable as we think we are? Right? Which is a, a very deep kind of question, right? Sure. And the the reality is you should be able to step away from your business. You sh- should be able to, you know, take some time off, spend some time with your family, recharge, balance your life, because that's what life's about, right? So if we are that wrapped up in everything that we're doing and our identity is so solidly built on the foundation of what we do for our job, then it's going to be harder for us to step away. Right. And it's it's going to be harder for us to to make the switch and even define what those DEF CON levels might be. There's another example that I just thought of as well. And uh, this was an example in, in a major theme park with uh, over 10,000 employees in it. And while I was working there, I don't even remember specifically what it was that I needed. But it was it was like a piece of information that there was one person in the company who could answer my question. And I said, how, you know, how do I find the answer to this question? Call Patty. And if you call Patty, she'll have the answer to your question. And I said, okay, well, you know, it's, it's Saturday. Doesn't matter. She said, Patty is known for answering the phone on her days off, on her vacation. She will get out of the shower when she hears her phone ring to answer if it's a work call. And by the way, this is not even an out of toilet paper that this is something that could wait an hour or a day or so for the information, but she was so devoted to her job that 
it uh, it led to, it, I would say, her, her being the only one who could answer this question or give this information or complete this task. I don't remember specifically what it was, but I thought, wow, on one hand, oh, it's great that, you know, that Patty's so accessible. But on the other hand, there are over 10,000 people that are working here. Could this be delegated out? Could other people have the ability to solve these issues too? Well, and I think that level of busyness, right? And that level of demand for one person for Patty, it's kind of a badge of honor for some people, right? And and they they really look at that as, wow, I'm I'm that needed, I'm that important. And yes, you are important. And we want people to be engaged. We want people to be loyal. There is a balance to this discussion, right? Because you've heard me advocate so much for leaders to get your team engaged and and to help build loyalty. And you do the same thing for guests. But at the same time, if you are to the point where you are not able to take the time off, then I think like Tim Ferriss's example, you're going to be creating an, an environment where disengagement might happen even more often than engagement. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a that's a important balance to kind of strike. For sure. All right. So how do we unpack this? How do we really understand what it is that a leader can do when it comes to managing their team? And I know, you know, delegation is, you know, is a buzzword and that probably weaves its way into this, but this isn't just about delegation. It's also about communication too. And being able to understand not just everyone's role or tasks that are that are able to be completed by multiple people, but as far as where to get help, where to alert someone if there's an issue, when action is needed, or if it's just, you know, an, an email that's just FYI, this is occurring. Literally, that is for your information, no action is needed. Well, I think where where I'd like to start maybe is to look at those different levels. And again, you can call it DEFCON, you can call it tier one, whatever, however you want to refer to it. But thinking about those levels of communication, to your point, the, the levels of development for your team. And if you are away, let's just say that you're you're on a you know on on a day off, you're on vacation. What are the things that are important enough and urgent enough in your business? that you would want to be alerted to. So think about that. Think about if you're an operational manager, what kind of things would be things that you would want to absolutely know about? If something's happening in your facility, what what would rise to that level of the team better give me a call? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you asking me? I'm asking you, say, yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I think in, you know, it would probably have to be severe instances that, are not part of normal daily operations. Because if it's something that happens, whether it's on a day-to-day -day basis or regular enough that the team is prepared, then there should be systems in place that automatically just get activated when XYZ occurs. If it's something that's beyond that, then perhaps you know the the leader needs to be notified, or they they need to know what to do. They're actually looking for guidance and say, "Hey, I know you're you're not working, but you're working remote right now because you you need to help us walk through this certain situation." So, uh, certainly, if it's something that would involve a a guest or employee injury, something that is you know out of the circumstance of of the norm, uh, that would probably say, "Hey." This person needs to be notified, even though they're not here right now, even though they're not actually working right now. I put in air quotes. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, for the for the audio listeners, the the air quotes. Um, and I would say the same thing. I would say any kind of that emergency. Um, you know, if nine one one is being called, then nine one one should be the first call, and then you as the manager the second call, right? Um, if there is media that is coming uh, to to your facility again, um, if there's something, and I talked to a coaching group the other day about this, and they said, if it feels like this could go viral right? If everybody's phone is out, that's what they want to know about that, right? So it's 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 something where they may have to take some action. And I think that's that's probably a good criteria to think about. You know, if 911 is being called, if there's a guest injury, a team member injury, something serious like that, there's probably some sort of action that the, the manager, we'll just call him the general manager of the family entertainment center. There's some kind of action that they're going to need to take. Right. And maybe it's going into the facility. Maybe it's, you know, meeting with someone or calling the authorities, whoever it is. But there's some sort of action that needs to be taken. And I think that's one of the criteria you can use to say, this is something where absolutely you need to be contacting me. So the the point you made of of if something's going to go viral, that I would say I would add a layer in to say, if I am going to learn about this from external sources, whether it's the news or social media, then I want to hear it first internally from my team saying, hey, this happened. You might see it on the news. You might see it on social media because, you know, whatever was, you know, was, was filming this, you know, ridiculous thing happening, whatever it is. Uh, and even that might still be an FYI. Maybe no action is needed depending on the actual circumstance of, you know, of what it is, but want to make you aware. So you hear it from us first before you pull up Twitter and start scrolling and maybe you're checking, you know, hashtags or whatever it is. And, and you see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the other part of, you know, defining this then is does your team know what to do in that that situation or circumstance? So again, do you call 911 or do you call your manager first, right? You call 911 first and then you call your manager. You know, um, if it's that life threatening, you better be calling the people that can actually come and help. Right. So um, thinking about that. And then also, you know, we talk about safety drills. We talk about, you know, kind of running through scenarios. Are we are we running through those kind of scenarios? Are we are we practicing what that might look like just so people are aware of those steps that they would want to take in those particular situations? Mm -hmm. You know, and part of it, too, I would say is when when you're thinking about this as as a leader, whether probably most likely an operations leader, this probably has the, has the most impact because it's it's the day to day of the operation. But to think of what what feeling are you invoking in your team who would be the one to contact you? As far as to say, are they going to hesitate? If I'm if I'm that employee or that supervisor, and I'm wondering, should I call my manager? Should I call my my leader? Whatever it is. Are they going to be glad that I called them or are they going to say, why are you bothering me? Or if I'm calling them, it's probably with bad news. So they're probably not going to be looking forward to hearing from me one way or the other, but really setting that expectation ahead of time to say, hey, don't call me if X, Y, Z, but if you do need to call me because it's at this certain level of, of DEF CON, then I will welcome the call and I will be glad that you called me and I never want you to hesitate to call if it reaches this certain level. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's there's the the pre-communication to prep your team for it. But mm -hmm. then no matter what happens in that moment, 
there's also kind of the post, the the learning or the teaching moment. Um, and actually one of my coaching clients was talking about this the other day. And he said, I've gotten calls, even after I've kind of defined this, I've gotten calls for things that we had talked about not calling me for, right? And he said, part of it was the confidence, right? They just, they didn't have the confidence or they, they hadn't built up the skill or the habit yet of what to truly do in that situation. So they were still calling because I'm not sure what to do. You know what I mean? So, so there's different levels of of that as well. And, and who owns that? If that employee or that person who's making the call doesn't know what they are supposed to do, is that on them or is that on the recipient of the phone call? I would say it's probably on the recipient of the phone call. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's also, that also leads to kind of this other point of you, you need to define all this before it happens. And this needs to be as objective as possible and try to anticipate all circumstances that could happen. Maybe they've happened before. Maybe it's having conversations about the things you don't want to have conversations about of just saying, if X, Y, Z happens that we hope never does, this is the plan of action. This is, I mean, really all we're talking about here is, is risk management essentially. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So if we've got DEFCON 1, right, which is an emergency 911 being called. Uh, it is the bad one. Um, you know, I think also, they're all bad. That's right. Um, but if you, if you think about, you know, if you're calling or you're contacting some other entity or some, you know, um, uh, business outside of your own, again, that, that person might need to to contact or have some sort of interface with, again, that's going to fall into that, that first tier. Mm -hmm. If we move down to the second tier, DEFCON two or tier two, or whatever you want to call it, right. If the first one is, I definitely need a phone call, right? I definitely need to either take some action or I need to be aware of something that's going to have a really big impact on the organization. What do you think falls into the the second tier? What what do you think would be there? Well, based on kind of the three tiers of action, acknowledgement, and awareness, then this might be something that might fall more into the category of FYI, but please give direction if you feel necessary, if you, I mean, if, if, if the leader does not feel confident in their ability to handle the circumstance. So that would probably be more, more of an operational issue that uh, might be outside of that leader's control who has the day off. If a ride breaks down and you know maintenance comes up and says, we need to order a new part, gonna be shut down for the rest of the day. That's probably something that if, if I were a leader and not, at the property at, at that time, I'd probably want to know that because I think we're going to have to anticipate, you know, some some guest complaints, some reallocating of of labor, of knowing, uh, you know, operational numbers and things like that. I can't order that part because it's coming from Europe, but you know, I'm you know, but I'm at least aware of the circumstance, and then that puts me in a better headspace when I walk, walk into work the next day of knowing this ride is down because you know because of, you know this, this part broke and we need another part or whatever it is. That I think would probably fall into DEFCON 2. Okay. Okay. And I can definitely see that. I think, you know, as you as you look at the the seriousness of that particular incident, right? I think you have to kind of assess where that falls in the the how that impacts the operation, right? So again, if you have a, a guest injury, if you've got blood and a broken bone, that's a call me, that's a DEFCON one, right? If you've got a slip and a scrape on the knee, that's a that's a different kind of injury, right? It's not nearly as serious. That person gets up and they go on their way. Um, so you might 
put that in the in the I need to acknowledge that, right? I need to know that that happened. So that may go into the DEF CON too, you know, mm -hmm. but again, you have to kind of suss that out for your operation and your comfort level of what you want to know about versus what you have to know about. Yeah. And then I think all of it goes back into what is that plan in place? If that guest, you know, slips and falls, scrapes their knee, we get first aid, we get, you know, our, our health services team members fill out the incident report. We maybe, you know, take them on a little shopping trip in the gift shop, maybe a food voucher, whatever it is, send them on their way. Doesn't have a huge impact to their experience aside from that minor little blip, but the team is able to jump into action. I'd be fine learning about that the next day when I walk into work, and especially if it can be kudos to everyone who is involved in this, who was able to, to jump in and really resolve this situation. Uh, if the guest was transported to the hospital, maybe that is something that requires a, you know, a, a higher level. And that's, I, uh, you know, that, that, that has been part of my role before in, in theme parks is actually following ambulances to go to the emergency room. But, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't happen too often where I was working, but when it did, we actually did have that plan in place almost to the point where that would actually be a DEFCON 2 versus a DEFCON 1. Mm -hmm. And so, so you're talking about kind of a sliding scale, right? Depending on that circumstance, um, it might've started off as, hey, this isn't that big of a deal. You know, somebody um, falls or whatever, didn't realize that they kind of bunked their head a little bit. Now they're dizzy. Now they're, you know, spending more time in first aid. Now they want to you know, transport that person to the hospital. So you get those kind of situations that, you know, it may escalate. And the same thing can happen with guests, right? You know, you've got the, the people in guest services or your team members that can handle probably 90% of those guest concerns, right? But when it gets to that point where now we're filling something out and now, you know, there's going to have to be action from somebody else, that's a different level than the person coming in because their season pass wasn't working. Right, Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that I don't even think falls in the DEFCON scale. That's right, like, right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe but, maybe not like 12, because it's like you still need to deal with that because it is a guest situation. Am I letting them in? Am I, you know, taking their word for it? Whatever it is. And, you know, can I look it up in the system, nip it in the bud quickly? Or is it is is there a larger uh, you know, issue with our with our software? You know, something like yeah. that. So, yeah. <laughs> well, but I think that brings up to me, what is the secondary benefit of this? And maybe it's the first benefit, depending on how you look at it, but it's that when you figure out what these things are and you figure out what's on tier one and you figure out what's on tier two, and I know we haven't gotten to tier three, but we'll get there. But when we figure those things out and then you say everything below that, the team should be able to handle, right? So there's two things that come up. Can they handle it, right? Can your team, if you if you take that all the way down to DEFCON 5, which I think is the actual scale, it's one to five. So you take that down to DEFCON 5 and there's situations at four and five, can your team handle those? And if they can't, then they're probably going to be calling you about it, right? And I think that's where a lot of people, when, when I hear them, you know, kind of lament about, oh, they're calling me about all these little things, right? Well, have we taken the time to figure out that, those things, first of all, are things that they should be able to handle. And if they can't, now it's incumbent upon us to teach them how, mm -hmm. right? And and to develop the team so that they can do those things and they don't then then they don't have to bother you, which is also great for development. It's great for autonomy, it's great for empowerment, and it helps people feel really part of the team and part of the organization. So again, to me, that's sort of the 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 parallel benefit 
is that now you have a, a clear vision of what you need to develop your team on as well, because you've got those very specific actions and criteria. So this ties into a conversation that we had not too long ago about the evolving role of the frontline team member. And that the the reason for the evolving role is, you know, in the past few years, uh, we've seen massive wage increases. We've had, you know, this this these really big labor challenges to the point where you might be operating with fewer people, but you're paying them more. So as a result, you should be able to expect more from them. And we talked about that from from a guest experience standpoint of being able to to go above and beyond, be able to exceed guests' expectations as part of their job duties. But part of it is also about whether it's complaint resolution or service recovery or really being able to field maybe these oddball requests or scenarios that are thrown at you. So as we, I would say, kind of go through the, the, the DEF CON list here, that part of it is equipping your team, even down to your frontline employees, to be resourceful. Because if they're resourceful, then maybe you're not training them on every single possible issue that could happen in their job, in their day, whatever it is, but you're getting them into the mindset to say, hey, we're in an operation with a lot of moving parts. And every once in a while, one of those moving parts is going to stall just a little bit. And we need to use our creative energy, whether we've dealt with that circumstance or not, to be able to fix that moving part in whatever way possible and knowing that there are a few different ways to do that. And by doing that, now your frontline team has a lot more empowerment, whether it's actual delegation of tasks or not, they've got that ability to create that forward momentum that really helps make this DEFCON scale a lot easier to manage, particularly for the employees and the leaders who want that occasional day off or vacation. Exactly. And I'm so glad you brought up the word empowerment, because that's exactly what I was thinking as you were kind of walking through that, because empowerment literally is giving the power over to someone else, right? So if you and I were on a team and I was the lead and you're my team member, and I empowered you to take care of these situations, then I'm literally giving you the power to handle it in whatever way you see fit. And I think we've talked about this before. Sometimes the problem with empowerment is that I may expect you to do it exactly how I would do it. And that's not empowerment, that's that's mimicking, right? Or that's that's uh, copying what I'm doing. And that's not necessarily teaching you or encouraging you to use your mind and to think about how to handle that situation, which means when those situations come up that you've never handled before, which is, you know, 70% of what a leader does sometimes, right? Um, you are now in a situation where you've got to think about, okay, I've, I've had experience with something similar to this. What did I do in that situation? Well, A, B, and C. Okay, so this is kind of similar, maybe a little different, never really dealt with this before, but let me try those same steps because it kind of worked in the past and maybe it'll work here. That's what leaders have to do all the time, right? And by truly empowering someone and saying, you've got the autonomy to make that decision, you're teaching them to think. You're teaching them to use their judgment in whatever situation they're in. And if they do it wrong, it's a great opportunity then to coach, right? And it's a teaching moment, right? And I would say that most of the time, if they get it wrong, it's not going to be life and death. So it's okay if they get it wrong, right? Maybe they gave away a little bit too much or they, they you know, allowed somebody to get to the front of the line when, you know, maybe a process or procedure says that they shouldn't in that particular situation. But 
if you've thought about it and you can justify it, then you have used your empowerment. And then if you if you want to have that day off where you can disconnect and turn off your phone and not think about it, then you want to be focusing on that empowerment up front. Give them the tools, give them the resources, give them that autonomy. Love how you say you're you're training them to to think, to be able to use their best judgment. And then A, you better trust them that they're going to make the right decision or B, you have that process in place to say if they if they don't, if they don't do it the way you would have, well, if they don't do it the way you would have, maybe look to see is this is this wrong or is it better than yeah. I would have? And if it still is not totally in line, like you said, having those coaching and, and development opportunities, uh, you know, otherwise if they do make a decision that is significantly against what you would do and what should be done, whatever it is, then maybe that empowerment shouldn't have happened. And maybe those, those resources had not been properly delivered in the first place. Right. Right. So we've kind of looked at DEFCON 1 and 2, right? And then we took a little rabbit trail into uh, empowerment. But let's bring this back to DEFCON 3. These would be things in my mind that would be true awareness. There's no action needed. You don't have to acknowledge anybody and say, hey, you know, I got this. I'm, I, I understand what's going on. But truly, it could be the next day or the day you get back that you're now learning about this. What do you think would fall into that category that's not you know, just operational, like, hey, we opened the Ferris wheel today, right? <laughs> what do you think would fall under that category? We're out of toilet paper. <laughs> Probably. I mean, assuming that you were able to come up with some makeshift that hopefully is getting toilet paper. If if you're out of toilet paper, the super supervisor says, you know what? There's a grocery store, there's a drugstore right down the street. It's not the commercial grade Kimberly Clark, you know, whatever, you know, that we're used to, but it's going to get us through today. And when Matt comes back tomorrow, we'll make sure that that, you know, that order is placed and we, you know, we get things back up and running as, you know, as quickly as we can. You might be a little miffed when you get back in and say like, oh, we really had to kind of take, take this route but it's not a DEFCON one or two. Would you agree with that? I would totally agree with that. And I think in your scenario, right now I'm Patty, right? Because if I'm the only one that can, okay, for the couple, couple issues there, right? If I'm the only one that could order toilet paper, we're probably in trouble, right? right? <laughs> Second of all, why wasn't we, why weren't we looking at the toilet paper levels ahead of time so that we didn't get into that situation? Mm -hmm. Right. So that, that's an inventory issue. And that's got to be looked at as well. So looking at your team, you know, are they, you know, you may not be out in the warehouse counting toilet paper rolls, right? But maybe there's a process for the team to let you know, or somebody know when you're getting low on that, or, you know, maybe you've set up an automatic delivery with your, with your, with your vendor, right? So there's got to be some way that you can not run out of toilet paper. But if you do, and the team member uses their empowerment and they go down to Walgreens and they pick up as much toilet paper as they can and they bring it back and you made it through. And by the way, nobody put on TripAdvisor that the park didn't have any toilet paper. So that was a success. Well, you got to give them kudos for thinking through that, right? And you've got to give them, give them kudos for actually using their empowerment. Now, did that probably cost a little more than the 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 cost you would have gotten from Kimberly Clark or whoever your vendor is? Probably. But at the same time, your guests were satisfied. And at the end of the day, 
if your team is using their power to satisfy the guests, then okay, it can be a learning moment and we can we can talk about the inventory, we can talk about the ordering. But at the end of the day, that team member probably deserves some kudos like you mentioned before. 100%, because that is going back to that, that empowerment and that resourcefulness of here's a problem. I'm able to fix it, not in the traditional way, but we can at least fix the problem temporarily until our leader gets back and is able to, to be able to solve the problem in the way that it needs to be solved, should be solved. This is something that is uh, hopefully not going to be a significant strain on operation. If I take 30 minutes and run to the drugstore and go get that, hopefully it's not, not going to be a huge strain on the guest experience. Maybe we notice when we're getting down to those last rolls, whatever it is. Uh, and ultimately, like I said earlier, the world will keep turning. Yes, it will. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So as we kind of think about this whole concept of defining our DEF CON, I think it could absolutely be used for the situations that we're talking about. If we want to take some time off, we want to go on vacation, we want to have a clear flow chart of when people should call us and, and that type of thing. I think there's also another layer to that, which is just about regular operations, right? Because think about it. I know you worked in, in guest communications, guest services, right? Are there times when you would need to call a manager to come up? And those might be, you know, every every person's definition of what that might be might be a little different. So can you just use that same definition and communication and development concept to make sure that everybody's on the same page? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can tell you a number of times uh, where perhaps we thought that a manager needed to be called up and that manager did not think that and vice versa as, as the manager of why am I being called up? Uh, I'm even at work, but you know, but I'm busy, right? So this, this DEF CON, I, I think it also, and sorry if I'm sort of taking this on, on a whole nother route here, but it doesn't have to involve a day off or a vacation. No. It can involve normal operations. Well, yeah, y'all out there that are, that are listening to this or watching this, you're busy while you are at work. And yeah. so getting interrupted needs to also follow its own DEF CON. Now, maybe we're out of toilet paper. Okay, well, all right, I'm here. I can help to fix that. Thank you for interrupting me while I'm you know, uh, writing schedules and running payroll for next week or whatever it is. Uh, but that there still is also that, hey, use your resourcefulness before you call their manager. So again, sorry I took that in another direction, but that's, you know, we're just going down rabbit trails here as we peel this onion back. We are, we are. Do rabbits like to eat onions? I have no idea. Are Me we... either. Anyway. We can peel carrots. We're... Parrots, that's carrots true. Carrots can be yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mixing our metaphors. Um, but so what, what's interesting is the way you, you kind of took that conversation in a different direction. Like I said, I've talked to a couple of coaching groups about this and they've taken it in different directions, right? They're the ones that first brought up, well, this is about just regular operations as well, right? And thinking about that communication, that flow chart. Um, and they also, you know, were the ones that say, hey, you know, if we need to take action, then I want to call. If I need to just, you know, be just acknowledge it, it's a text. If I just need to be aware, it's an email. So looking at all those different communication methods would tell people how urgent it is. I think this really actually kind of brings some things full circle here because you were talking about kind of in, in your managerial career, it was prior to a lot of the technology that we have today of, of prior to cell phones. So let's say you were on vacation, unless I'm calling your hotel and transferring to your room, I'm probably not going to get a hold of Matt, right? Uh, versus kind of today's 
technology and communications that channels that we have is both a blessing and a curse. Yes. And where you just sort of took it is to say, let's keep it a blessing, but let's let's ensure that people are using the proper communication channels based on what level of DEF CON that we're in as to not immediately default to the direct line to Matt, which might be that phone call or, or whatever that, that interruption might be. Yeah. And I think we also need to kind of take this back, right? And, and, and balance the conversation again and say, this is not about not allowing your team to contact you or not being available for your team, right? It's also about developing their skills so that they don't have to call you. And like Tim can attest, when you come back the next day, there may be some things that you didn't expect, but it could be much better than you would have ever imagined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I remember once uh, I, I took a seven-day cruise and when I got back, I had a text message that said, please call me immediately. This is extremely urgent. And it was from two days prior. And if you're incommunicado, then it, you know, you, you're taking care of that issue, whatever it was. Whatever that issue was, was no longer you know present by the time that I actually got that message. So uh, yes, it's about being available, but also uh, having having mutual respect for everyone's everyone's time because you might not necessarily call your employees on their day off unless it was something that only they could answer, only they could do. And now I can think of times where I've been at the grocery store and I received a call from my boss because there was. One thing, you know, in a certain report or whatever it was that had my name on it, and I was the only one who was able to answer that question. So it goes in both directions and is, you know, is completely uh, based on being available for your team, but also understanding the, the parameters and when the most applicable contact is necessary. And I think to your point about mutual respect, right? About because... I, I think you're right. I think we've, we've talked about this a lot from a leadership perspective, but also when the team members are off or, you know, you might be calling them for whatever reason, you've got to have that same sort of level, right? If, if something has really gone wrong and you need somebody to come in, well, that's fine. But if I need to call Josh because of that report, but it can actually wait until tomorrow, then I'm going to, I'm going to let it wait until tomorrow. Right, because that's more fair to you as the as the team member. But I want to go back to that text as well, because when you text someone and you say, call me right away, it's an emergency. How do you know that person's going to get your text? Right. <laughs> you know, if it's truly an emergency, and I think this is also part of the DEF CON conversation, right? If you are going to reach out to me and action needs to be taken, and you're expecting a text to get that done, that's probably not an urgent enough type of communication or sending an email. So DEFCON 1 better be a phone call. Dial the numbers, right? Wait for somebody to pick up the phone because it's that important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is when we started this, you asked me about times where I recall that. And now I feel like as we get towards the end of this conversation here, now it's starting to flood like that instance on, on the cruise, but also talking about going both ways. I recall calling my supervisor once when I was a team leader I called her, I think at like one or two o'clock in the morning to say, I'm not going to be in for my 7am shift because I'm very sick right now. And that was something that actually required immediate attention because they needed a, you know, a, a team leader to be able to, to open the operation. So that was kind of a DEF CON one because otherwise 
you know, that she would have gotten to the park, I think after my shift would have started already to find that there was nobody there. So uh, now I'm, I'm just thinking of all these different examples. Uh, that's what, that's what happens when we talk about these things, but that's another level of the conversation that probably needs to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so, so you, to your point, it's not just about when you're taking time off, although that's where this, the germ of the idea started, but really the operation, if you're going to not be able to be in and you're the opener, right? And it's one o'clock in the morning and you are, you know, you're not going to be able to make it in. That's DEF CON 1. Right. right? Thank or, you for validating this decision from more than <laughs> years ago. <laughs> you know, because that does affect the operation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and action will need to be taken. So as we wrap up the onion, right? We've talked about a couple of different, or the carrots. Um, We've talked about a couple of different levels of DEF CON and and how they relate to communication methods. We've also sort of related that to, you know, at the first level, some sort of action might be needed at the second level, some sort of acknowledgement. The third level is just awareness. Do you think this helps people identify how to organize that communication so that they can either develop their team, enjoy their time off, or just run a more more, uh, efficient operation. Yeah, I think that this gives a lot of things to think about, particularly if, if you're in a leadership role and you can ask yourself, have I identified what my DEF CON levels are both ways to to those who are reporting to me and to those who I am reporting to as well to make sure that there is no confusion there is no question that there's full confidence in making that outreach if you know if that leader needs it or doing that in the appropriate method of communication whether it's that phone call email or text you know as as we talked about earlier phone call text or email uh, based on the level of severity and understanding, we might not be able to identify all possible circumstances, but at least being able to categorize it to allow for everyone in the organization to be able to say which bucket this falls into that determines that level of action. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think we have uh, we have thoroughly examined the, the DEF CON process, defining our DEF CON. Uh, so thank you for walking through that with me and um, would love to hear if anybody else has any thoughts or suggestions on this as well. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great trip to Ireland. Uh, please don't contact me while I'm in Turks and Caicos. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I, will, I will not. If, there, if, there's, if there's an attraction pros emergency, who do I call? Uh, well, you could probably, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll sort this out. Hopefully this won't even be an issue whatsoever, but for everyone out there who is watching and listening, thanks so much for tuning in. And just remember, we are all Attraction Pros. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release and even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.